take a look at the message of today and a title of it, uh, Be Filled with the Holy Spirit. And really, if you want to get an accurate title, is Keep Being Filled with the Holy Spirit. Keep Being Filled with the Holy Spirit. How many know that, um, that we leak? And so when we get full of the Holy Spirit that, you know, it's like there's some holes because we're holy, right? Uh, and so sometimes we get around uh, people, we leak. And, and really, that's not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing if you leak for the right reasons because, because you're sharing. Your love of God is being shed abroad by your heart by the Holy Ghost. And so the Holy Spirit uh, sheds abroad that love. And the Spirit of God is the witness that we are truly the children of God. But, you know, in the context of this message, I was thinking, you know, the context, you know, it's one thing to say, you know, be filled with the Holy Spirit, as in our text is Ephesians chapter 5, but I was thinking about, in the context of it, of living in the last days, because how many know it's easy to live for the Lord when there's very little opposition or friction? Uh, You know, uh, when the nation uh, understood uh, the Judeo-Christian principles that uh, we were founded upon, and people pretty much um, acquiesced to that and surrendered to those uh, founding fathers and what our nation was like when it was founded. Uh, even though not everybody was a Christian, that those principles and precepts were respected as the norm and as the ideal. But T- Timothy, Second uh, Timothy chapter 3, and I don't have it overhead because I'm just going to make a, a note of it, is Paul told Timothy that in the last days, perilous times would come. That's King James, New King James, perilous times. And you think about the perilous times, and then he goes on to describe a whole host of characteristics that people will demonstrate in the last days. And, you know, there were times in the past, uh, me, idealistically uh, believed, uh, and uh, that that was referring to people that were in the world, the characteristics of people apart from Christ. But more and more as the last days approach, and there is, according to the Word, a great falling away of the faith. Um, I think some people are backslidden, don't even realize they're backslidden. I think it's easy even for a pastor to backslide and not even realize he's backslidden. Okay? And I think really what God has called us to is to keep being filled with the Holy Spirit, that when we leak out, it's time to refill. We need to be refilled often of the Holy Spirit. And so um, living in the last days, even more important, uh, because the return of the Lord is there. Nobody knows the day or the hour, but the signs of the times are everywhere. Uh, just a few of those signs uh, that I took note of here is Jerusalem was reclaimed in 1967 by the people of Israel, which is uh, according to prophetic uh, uh, um, about the last days and the coming of the Lord. There's rapid advances in knowledge. Daniel 12 uh, talks about that. There's an increase in people traveling from place to place. Daniel 12:4. There's also, as Jesus said, Matthew 24, 24:6. Uh, uh, is that you will hear rumor or wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. See that you are not troubled, he's speaking to the believers, that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. And then there are natural disasters and famines and pandemics, we could say. We experienced the first pandemic in this nation, a worldwide pandemic, since the um, uh, flu pandemic of uh, the 19 teen, or the teens, the 19 teens in the early part of the 20th century. Uh, Luke chapter 21, verses 10 and 11 says that there will be great earthquakes, famines, and pestilences in various places, and fearful events and great signs from heaven. Uh, there's also the development of the microchip technology to make a mark of the beast, and many are speculating about that, and God only knows how that's going to turn out, but they do have the technology to uh, put a chip, insert a chip under your skin, uh, in your 
whether your hand or whether your forehead or whatever, okay, that can track you, that can um, basically uh, control, uh, your, find out where, where you're at and what you're doing and what you buy and what you sell. Uh, there's also persecution of Christians that's increasing all around the world. Uh, I found uh, interesting that uh, in going into the 21st century several years ago, many years ago, is that uh, the 20th century, uh, there were more martyrdoms for Christ than at any other time in, in history since Christ, since Christ was on the scene. Uh, it has continued into this day as well. <clears throat> There's increased lawlessness that Matthew 24, 12 talks about, increased lawlessness. And uh, with more and more people uh, violating the laws of God, the moral laws of God, uh, with immorality, homosexuality, and perversions, many perversions that keep reinventing, and it's like perversion on steroids. You never know what they're going to come up with next. You know, another, another, and it's celebrated in our culture and in the world. Evil is called good, and good is called evil. Right is called wrong, and wrong is right. And I think, you know, when we think about this, what does it behoove us as believers? We need to hold on. Can I tell you this? Hold on to the truth of God's Word, because God hasn't changed His mind about any of these things, about morality. Uh, there's also the breakdown of relationships, which uh, <clears throat> Matthew chapter 24, 10, and Jesus talking about the end times, He says, many will be offended, they will betray one another, and will hate one another. Many will do that. And I think if there's ever been a time when so many people, it seems like, are offended at everything... It's like you've got to walk on eggshells, or at least you feel that way, uh, to just tiptoe around them. You know, I'm a big guy, and I don't, eggshells don't do well under me. <laughs> and, and I'm not good at tiptoeing around the tulips. Uh, you know, so uh, I, I think that's, listen, when the believer knows what truth is, you know, we can speak the truth in love, but we don't walk on eggshells. We don't not deal with important biblical issues that are vital and important, especially to the church. And I think many people judge the world who are believers, and we really should be, judgment begins, according to Peter, at the household of God, is that we need to get our own house in order before we start pointing fingers to people in the world and what they're doing or not doing. I, I should be hearing a lot of amens here, because we're worried about out there, we should be concerned about in here, what's going on in the church. And I think God has called us to righteousness, and He's called us to righteous living. Uh, because we're living, obviously, in the last days, we need to be more vigilant to prepare to withstand in the evil day and to stand. And we also need to prepare this generation, but also the next generation and generation after that to be ready when the trumpet sounds as Jesus returns to catch away his bride. And I believe that Jesus is going to return in the clouds, just like he was taken up, and he is going to catch away his bride. And the great tribulation will ensue. Now, what do we see in uh, Ephesians chapter 5? Jesus said, in light of all this, be careful how you live. Be careful. Don't live like fools. Pastor, that's not nice. That's not politically correct to call people fools. I didn't. Jesus said, don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. So there's a contrast there. And verse 16 says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. 
Somebody says, well, we just can't do anything because everything is so turned against the church. We can't do it. No, Jesus said, do the most that you can do. Embrace and seize every opportunity in the midst of these evil days. And 17, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. In other words, just don't go out and just, you know, do something. Find out what God wants you to do. Strategize. And then stick your neck out and just do it. You know, that's what VBS Sports Camp was. You know, many years ago, somebody thought, you know, there's a traditional VBS, and that's wonderful, and it's had wonderful uh, memories and traditions, and it's still, can I tell you, still effective. It's a good program, VBS. And, but somebody said, hey, you know, in our culture, let's address the, the, the things in our culture. There's a VBS Sports Camp. How about a sports camp that centers around the gospel and around Jesus? Can I tell you how happy I'm preparing the next, this generation, next generation, but the next generation after that, all my children serve God and uh, are involved in ministry, effective ministry, and now my grandchildren are getting older. I've got a junior in college who's going to be a missionary uh, in the uh, Middle East, in that Northern Africa, and, uh, you know, that's a, that's a wonderful thing, but... You know what's it? From, from that age of, what, she 20 years old, something like that. I want to make her older than she is. That's not good for ladies. But anyway, my, my grandson, who was here at VBS Sports Camp, uh, six years old, raised his hand and said, I want to serve Jesus. And his daddy is a pastor, so I don't know if he's done this before, probably. But you know, when the Spirit of God touches a child's heart, it could be the first time or the hundredth time. And they feel the touch of God, and they want to surrender. Yeah. You know, it was so thrilling up here. All the kids were up here worshiping during sports camp, and I came up, and, and I was standing over here singing along and looked over and saw my grandson, my six-year-old, and he's got his hands lifted up worshiping. And I've never seen him do that before. I've never seen him do that. And it just touched my heart. I just thought, God, you're so good. So it's not just this generation next generation, third generation, and then we're getting into the fourth because, you know, I have grandchildren who are Marian age, and, you know, you never know what's going to happen there. You know, we could be great-grandchildren coming, and I want them to be raised in the fear and the admonition of the Lord to prepare them for the coming of the Lord, whenever that is. And, you know, how do we do that, you know? Uh, we, we need to stay filled with the Holy Spirit. What does Paul say in verse 15 of chapter 5 of Ephesians? He says, be careful how you live. So we need to make sure we're living right and don't live like fools. If you, li if you live like a fool, don't be a fool. What do you mean, Pastor? I mean, wise up and repent and change the way you're living. Change your choices. And then make the most of every opportunity. Don't miss an opportunity. When God gives you a divine appointment and is staring you in the face, seize the moment. I mean, grab hold of it and do it. If that means witnessing to somebody that you don't even know or praying with somebody that you know that, hey, they're in pain and, and you're in a public place. You know, one of the greatest uh, went viral. I, I wish I had a copy of it up here, but... Um, so a, a, a guy in Walmart, th about three people standing around this Walmart worker someplace in the country, and, and this guy was talking to him, and this guy was apparently said, he, well, he's an atheist. And he said, you know, kind of, I'm going to fast forward this and just fly over it, but it's like, well, uh, you know, can we pray for you? And he said, well, yeah. And so <laughs> he laid hands on him. This guy prayed for him, this Walmart worker, right in the aisle. You can see behind you the stock and the shelves and everything. And, and the other 
people around him were praying well as well. And, and this guy all of a sudden just lost it. And he was crying. And he was like, oh. And it was like he was going to go down. And in his mind, I'm an atheist. God doesn't exist. But suddenly, I'm having an encounter with the God I didn't believe in. Suddenly. And he's like, whoa, what is, what, is, what is that? And the guy said, well, that's God. Is that God? And he started crying, and they led him to the Lord. And I'm just telling you, keep being filled with the Spirit. When you're filled with the Spirit, seize every opportunity to spread the gospel and to do what God tells you to do in that given time. If you miss it, you're the loser. I didn't say you are a loser, but you lost that opportunity. You'll never get it back again, but pray, repent, and ask God, give me another one, God. I won't miss the next one. And here's another thing, verse 18. Uh, you want to keep being filled with the Spirit. Don't be drunk with wine or any other substance or controlling substance that will make you out of your mind where you will do things under the influence of that controlling spirit that you would not normally do in your right mind. Somebody say Amen. Because, and he says, because that will ruin your life. Instead, on the other, other side, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And how do you do that? Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord where in your hearts and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So Rick Renner talks about this being filled with the Holy Spirit when he talks about this particular text. He says, to be filled with the Holy Spirit means to be carried along by the gracious pressure, that's right, pressure, by the gracious pressure of the Holy Spirit. And he talks about the Greek words uh, where it says that it literally means that the well-known pain reliever Alka-Seltzer illustrates the principle quite effectively. How many remember the old Alka-Seltzer commercials? You're as old as I am then. But it's plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. And when you drop those two tablets into that glass of ordinary drinking water, suddenly it explodes and fizzes and eventually dissolves into the water. And then you drink it and you're supposed to burp, okay? Um, plop, plop, fizz, fizz. And that kind of illustrates, according to Renner, you know, kind of the idea here is that it becomes a part of who you are and it creates a, a reaction, okay? Being filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and I like that, that it has a reaction, has a reaction. You know, I can tell you being filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, is, is, is you're different than you used to be. So being filled with the Holy Spirit in this context here is, is not really referring to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but it's referring to a refilling. You've already been filled once, now you're being refilled. And a lot of people, it's surprising, don't realize that you can be refilled with the Holy Spirit. I learned that young in life because there's times that I felt after I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, man, I was full of power, full of uh, passion and, and uh, wanting to tell everybody I met about Jesus, you know, strangers and everything. It was just like, oh my gosh, if I met another Christian and found out they were Christians, I could feel it in my spirit and I didn't know what that, I didn't know that the Word says you can do that. And so that was exciting for me. I was just learning new things. And, but there came a time where suddenly trials and troubles started coming right? It didn't 
it didn't line up with some of the songs, the popular Christian songs of the day, where you're always going to have happiness all the time, wonderful peace of mind. Uh, but, you know, there's times where we have highs and there's times we have lows. And what happens when we have those lows and somebody said, well, in the valley, God restores your soul. There's songs written about, well, that's true too. But it's also an indication that, God, I need to get to an altar and I need to resurrender my life and maybe there's some sin that I need to get under the blood and, and then I need to pray and seek after the Holy Spirit again and God, fill me once again. Once again, and you know, Paul in the context here talks about singing songs, and we're, we were here today in incredible anointed worship. And it wasn't just the songs we were singing, it was the songs from our heart that we were singing. And we were entering in to worship, and I don't know about you, but I felt like I got refilled with the Holy Spirit. Did you feel that way? And so I have fresh power and fresh anointing. That's really good news for you because when I get up to preach, it's going to make it a little easier for you to listen. <laughs> but I'm telling you that we all need to press in. We need to be refilled. And this is what this idea carries in this text is to keep being filled with the Spirit. So how do we do that? Now, point number one, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. You know, uh, Ephesians 4.30, just a chapter back, a few verses back actually, it says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were, say were, you were sealed unto the day of redemption. You are born again. The Spirit of God comes inside of you. God gives a deposit, a down payment, a, uh, f- until the day of total redemption of body, soul, and spirit. And, and Rick Renner talks about the Greek word here is, is used to picture a husband and a wife. That word grieve, don't grieve the Spirit. A husband and wife, uh, either one who has discovered that their spouse has been unfaithful, that they've been with another person and had intimacy with them. And as a result, that husband or wife, learning this, of this unfaithfulness, this betrayal of the covenant, feels betrayed, uh, has the idea of them being shocked, devastated, hurt, wounded, and grieved because of the pain that accompanies the unfaithfulness of someone who made a vow to keep themselves only unto you for the death do you depart. Now, some of you here may have experienced that, and, and prayerfully and hopefully you've been healed from that as God helped heal, hopefully, that relationship and that marriage, you could find forgiveness and restoration. But I'm telling you, that's the idea that Paul is hearing. The same word in the Greek means that, that when we grieve the Holy Spirit, it's like the Holy Spirit feels that way. Holy Spirit, uh, boy, how do you, doesn't ever show up unless you make him feel welcome. You know, I heard uh, an old saint, actually one of the daughters of one of the founders of the Assemblies of God, of J. Rothwell Flower, his daughter, Susanna Earle, and she said one time, and I heard her preach, she said, you know, we saints today don't understand that you have to court the Holy Spirit. And she said, you know what that word court means? Some of you younger people don't know, but you know, it used to be when your, your daddy was looking to, uh, to marry your, your mama, he would court her. In the old, old days, you know, go ask permission from the father, can I court your daughter? And it meant, it didn't mean can I date her, it meant can I, can I get to know her better with the intention 
of eventually walking her down the aisle and having you give her to me. And, and the Holy Spirit, we need to court His presence. Psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing, making melody in our heart to the Lord by pressing in and loving Jesus because the Holy Spirit wants to lead us into the presence of the Lord and He wants to help us to just find a place to feel like and to understand how worthy God is. And so we praise Him and we worship Him. It's the Holy Spirit that was here today leading us into the presence of the Father, into the presence of the Son and worshiping and praising Him, giving Him the due, His name. Court the presence of God. Now, somebody, you don't have to be in church to do that. You can do it at home. You can do it in your car. I was driving to and from the uh, GLS uh, conference Thursday and Friday, and on the way there, you know, I just, uh, first point, it's just kind of nice to be in a quiet car <laughs> early in the morning when my brain's still trying to wake up because I left really early. And it's like riding there. And about halfway there, all the time, I turned on the radio and started worshiping. And it's just like the presence of God came into that car. I was driving the church car, so it's extra anointed anyway, but <laughs> no, it would have been that way in my car, in your car, courting the presence of the, whole, of the Lord. Holy Spirit, come. You're welcome here. And so being faithful uh, to your walk with God, doing the right thing, living right, the right way. You know, the Holy Spirit, people need to understand, is deeply in love with us. That He, listen, He loves you. He loves you. Whether you're worthy of that love or not. You know, why? Because He chose to set His love upon you. That while you were still sinners, Christ died for you. You know, He loves us. And, and we're in this love relationship with Him, and, and in that relationship that exists between us and the Holy Spirit is really precious. It's, it's, it feels good to get up in the morning and to experience His tender mercies for another day. And as the Holy Spirit loves us, you know, it means that He thinks about us. Did you know He thinks about You know, I was at the conference, I was sitting there, and, and I didn't think the GLS just between us, don't tell anybody, but live stream, keep it to yourself, is that I didn't think it was near as, just didn't float my boat as much as some years. And, but I was sitting there, and while I was sitting there, my mind was wandering a little bit, and I thought about Donna. And uh, she's at home, and she's with the grandkids on Thursday, and Friday she's recuperating, <gasps> you know. Uh, but she served at VBS too this week, and so she's tired too. But I, I text her, and I don't know if you ever got your text. You never replied. <laughs> See, I keep trying to court her, but she keeps putting up walls. I don't, so, but I, I text her, and I said, hey, I'm thinking about you, and I love you very much. See? I knew that would get an awe out of the ladies. That's good. <laughs> Guys too. But I, you know, that's the Holy Spirit. Can, can we just, in a spiritual way, he sends us text messages and just says, hey, uh, I'm thinking about you. Um, I love you so much. 
I just want to encourage you. The Holy Spirit, I want you to love one another. And how I've loved you, I want you to love. I've forgiven you, I want you to forgive. And that, that's some text from the Holy Spirit, see? And, and so, but when we, listen to this, by contrast, when we act like the world, when we talk like the world, when we behave like the world, and we respond the way, same way that the world responds, the Holy Spirit is grieved that He feels betrayed, that that's not who I am, and that's not who you are in Christ. And so He, he does. What, what do we do when we get grieved? What do we do? We withdraw our, our heart closes. And, and it's like the Holy Spirit rejects us, but He's hurt and He pulls back. See? Why, why, do, you, why do you think it was this, that uh, Samson, after he betrayed the Lord multiple times, and uh, when his uh, sweetie told him, hey, where do you get your power? And he kept fooling her and playing games with her. And he finally, she's crying, okay, okay, cut my hair and I won't have any power. And so he betrays the Lord one more time, violates his vows, his Nazarite vows again. And the Philistines, she says to test him, the Philistines are upon you, the Philistines come in, the enemy. And he said, you know, Scripture said, he said to himself that I will get up and I will... Basically, I'm going to paraphrase, annihilate them just like I've done before. And then the saddest, I think some of the saddest words in the Bible says, but he did not even know that the Spirit of God had departed. You know, sometimes we're the last to know. We play games. We walk away from God. We think we can get away with it. We think God's not going to notice. We presume upon His grace and on His mercy. Well, I'll just ask God to forgive me tomorrow. And we do that long enough. The Holy Spirit, just like a wife or a husband whose spouse betrays them with unfaithfulness, the Holy Spirit begins to get hurt and withdraw, back away. And so how do we keep getting filled with the Holy Spirit? Be faithful. Be faithful to God. Don't live like the world. Don't, don't live a double life. I just remember Craig, I think it was Craig Michelle. <clears throat> anyway, one big Christian leader was walking, oh, it was John Bevere, walking on the beach in Hawaii after a conference, and he was exhausted, tired from speaking, and he was walking along early in the morning, and he comes across this guy uh, who's on the beach, and the guy comes up to him and says, hey, hey, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a visitor here. Can you tell me where you can find some... Uh, some uh, uh, topless bars and, you know, X-rated places is what he was saying. And John Bevere was shocked. He wasn't expecting that. And he says, well, uh, no, I don't. He said, I, I'm a Christian. I serve Christ. And the guy immediately without missing a beat says, well, I'm a Christian too. And my pastor, so-and-so back in this city, you know, do you know who he is? Do you know what church? And he's like, never missed a beat. Now, I think he grieved, he grieved John's heart. I think John was grieving because the Spirit was grieved. It's like, what are you talking about? 
How can you live a double life? And so if we're going to keep being filled with the Holy Spirit, we need to be faithful to God, faithful to our commitment to serve Him and to follow Him. Because when we don't, we shock the Holy Spirit and we grieve Him. And, and especially when we deliberately do what is wrong, deliberately, it's not that we fell into sin or made a mistake, it's like we intended to do exactly what we did, is the Holy Spirit withdraws. Listen, there's six things the Holy Spirit does for us. He convicted us of our sins. He brings us to Jesus. He, he points us to Jesus supernaturally. And then when we receive Jesus, He indwells us. He comes inside of us to empower us and to transform us from the inside out. And then He, 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 he uh, sanctifies us. He cleanses us. And then He empowers us to live the life that we can live and to show us opportunity. But He also remains in us to help us, to lead us and to guide us. He's the Holy Spirit who points out to us uh, God appointments. It's like, oh, I didn't know I had an appointment today. Oh, Holy Spirit. Oh, okay. Here's an appointment over here. I'm supposed to talk to this person. Oh, here's somebody. I think I'm supposed to pray for them. And you know how many times I have heard, this is on the rise in the body of Christ for the remnant, and I'm so thankful for this, is how many times people out in public places, in the marketplace, whether it's a Walmart or or any other store, is that they look across the room and it's like, it's like a zoom lens. That's how God does it for me. A zoom lens on a camera and it's like all of a sudden it's like whoosh and Nick is right in my face. And, I, and the Holy Spirit is telling me, I want you to go over and talk to him. Now, I don't know who Nick is, but the zoom lens, if I look over here, it widens back up and I look back over here, ooh, zoom lens. Go talk to Nick but I don't know Nick, Holy Spirit. Go talk to Nick. But I'm scared. Give your fear to me and just walk over. Push through your fear. Do what the Holy Spirit wants you to do. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And, and, and if we're going to live that kind of an adventure in our walk with God, we have to be ready to move in on a moment's notice. We need to learn to seize the moments of pressing in to where the Holy Spirit is leading us. He has a divine appointment for you and for me. And you say, well, pastor, that's good for pastors. No, it's good for the saints of God from the pulpit to the pews. God wants to use you. And in these last days, I want you to hear this, in these last days, these perilous times, when everything and evil is on the rise, good is called evil and evil is called good, is God listen to me, still has a remnant that is faithful to live in a biblical way to the best of their ability and by the power of the Holy Spirit so that we will recognize and be able to accomplish in these last days, in the evil day, what the Holy Spirit strategizes for us to do. And if we don't, we're going to miss it. I... I you know what I'm looking forward to one day in heaven? I'm looking forward. I love testimonies. Yeah, I, I, I do. I love testimonies. I love the testimonies. Uh, uh, last week, Pastor Mike, when you brought the kids up from the missions trip, then I, I loved hearing how this young lady discovered that I need to get right with God. 
and the change and the transformation because of serving in that missions trip because the Holy Spirit directed them to do that. And those lives will never be the same. They'll never forget that. In heaven one day, I think we're going to have testimony services. <laughs> I, I love that. I think we're going to gather around. We're going to worship the Son of God. We're going to worship the Father. We're going to be walking in the anointing like never before. Because we're going to be in His very presence. The angels of God standing around. My old pastor used to say with folded wings. They can't sing the songs of the redeemed because they don't know what it's like to be redeemed from sin. And so they stand back in awe at the grace and the mercy of God. They have never experienced it and they are marveling at it that how could the holy God, the creator, show such love to those who are so unworthy. But that's the gospel. And we're standing around there. I think we're going to gather up together in groups and, and, uh, and we're going to share the acts of the Holy Spirit in the 20th and 21st century, whichever part you lived in. You know, back in my day, this is what happened. You know, one of the stories that I'll share, and just, I'm going to close with this so the worship team can come back. And one of the stories I will share is back when I was a route salesman on a step van and selling salty snacks to people who eat them who shouldn't eat them and wish they wouldn't have afterward, you know. Uh, <clears throat> but that was my job. I was very, very good at sales and very good in sales. And I loved it. I loved being with people. And so because I was good, I was one of the main people who trained new employees. And so, and I hated it because it slowed me down. I got back late. But, but you know, and... and on the way to and from my stops, I like to worship, you know, and it's like, oh, I got somebody with me. I can't crank it up, you know, and, and so, but this young guy was riding with me, just a young guy, and we're driving along, and he starts the conversation. Well, what kind of music do you like to listen to, Tim? I said, oh, well, I asked, maybe I asked him first. Either way, I said, oh, I, I like to listen to Christian music. Oh, really? I like to listen to, you know, blah, blah, you know, and he, and he said, why do you like Christian music? You know, what the Bible says, to be ready to give an answer to those who seek the hope that lies within you. And I thought, that's my moment. Because you see, he didn't know this, but I had made a vow to God probably years before that, God, I make a vow to you that anybody who is assigned to ride with me on my truck I'm going to find a way to tell the gospel to them. And I kept my word. And this young guy started talking. So this is on a Monday. We talk about that, sharing testimonies on the way. Tuesday, same thing. Wednesday, listen, I could feel and I could see the conviction of the Holy Spirit on this guy. He was just peppering me with questions and anxious. You could say, tell me more. He was like a sponge. And I started sharing with him more and more about what God has done in my life and how he saved me and all the good things he had done and how God loved him and Jesus loved him. And, and, and I finally turned to him. We drove back to Liberty, Missouri, the, uh, where the, the headquarters was, and, and I pulled in to stop to get a money order for my cash sales at a C-store. And I finally am sitting in this chair, and he's sitting over here, and I looked at him, and he looked pathetic. And I, I mean, and I said, uh, Kevin, 
would you like to pray to receive Jesus right now? He said, yes, I would, I would. And he got up from his jump seat, and we stepped inside the part of the, of the, of the van, and we bowed our heads together, and he prayed to receive Jesus as Savior. Hey. And I tell you, there's nothing sweeter. You know, I was a witness to a lot of people, but when you get the opportunity to close the deal... I come from a sales and marketing, you close the deal, then you get the commission, you get the dividends. I mean, tell you, this is sweet. And in heaven, one day, that's going to be one of my stories. I'm going to gather around. You know what the Lord did? Well, how did, and some of you say, how did the Lord do that? It's because the Holy Spirit spoke to me way back here years before and said, I want you to be faithful. And I baptized you in the Holy Spirit and gave you your prayer language, not so you could feel good, although that's a benefit, but I gave it to you so that you would be my witnesses. And so I want you to be a faithful witness. And so I prayed and I asked God, I said, God, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I make a vow to you this day that from from this day on, anybody who steps onto my truck to ride with me and spend a day with me, I'm going to find a way to tell them about Jesus. Now, this thing with Kevin, fast forward, would never have happened had I not been prepared because I made a commitment back here. And just in closing, I'm going to ask you to make a commitment today that, number one, I'm going to keep being filled with the Holy Spirit, and I am not going to grieve the Holy Spirit by how I live or the things that I say or do. I'm going to do my best. Now, I can tell you you're going to fail. You make the commitment, just expect, it's going to happen, not when, but it, not if, but when. But when it does, you can confess your sins, and he will be faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness, and then you can get refilled with the Holy Spirit. And then you get back on track, and you keep your commitment. So I'd like you to bow your heads in prayer today. And I'd just like you to have a, an altar with Jesus right now. I'm not going to lead you in a prayer I want you to listen to this. I want the Holy Spirit to lead you in a prayer. As you bow your heads, you're at the altar. Holy Spirit, come. Do your job. Do your work as only you can do. Lead and guide each and every person here who serves you, who loves you, into a full commitment to you to make themselves available to you, to get up and move when you tell them to move and to speak when they tell you to speak, and yes, sometimes to be silent when you shouldn't speak. Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.